Hello, Yukon 28209. Yes, this is Candy Madsen. The National Broadcasting Company presents Candy Madsen, Yukon 28209. People can barge in on you with the... Where's that robe? No, not that robe. Well, it's better than nothing. Wait a second. Well, hi, Candy. Well, Mallard, my favorite flatfoot. You caught me at the wrong time. Well, that depends on your viewpoint. Shall I leave? Oh, no. Come on in. What brings you up to Telegraph Hill, Mallard, dear? Why you? Oh, an interesting subject. Care for a drink? No, I'm on duty. You mean I'm being honored with an official call? Oh, sort of. Well, in that case, you can leave. Seriously, though, Candy, you, you can help me if you're willing. Well, the mountain coming to the mountain. Oh, you're not so large. Well, now you can leave. <laughs> Only kidding. Here's the pitch. An acquaintance of mine, Gordon Ayers, has a little problem on his hands and needs your help. What is this? Don't get excited, Candy. He's an insurance adjuster for an aviation outfit here in San Francisco. A couple of months ago, a guy and his wife took off in a private plane from one of those little airports down the peninsula and crashed. She burned to death. Ayers investigated and okayed the claim for a rather fancy amount. But his company doesn't like it. They think the crash was legit. It gets interesting. He has to prove he was right. He came to me and asked us to verify the facts, but... We're the San Francisco police, and that's out of our jurisdiction. So? So I mentioned you. He wants to meet you and have a little talk. If you can get the guy out of the soup, there's a nice little hunk of cabbage in it for you. Mallard, I'll take it. But there's something phony. Uh, How do you mean, Candy? This is the first time you've ever given me a helping hand in my private eyeing. Oh, could be there's a reason. Could be a reason why I'm going to take the case, too. Must be the rabbit in me. I love to nibble on large hunks of cabbage. Do you recall the lyrics from that old song, the one that goes, he floats through the air with the greatest of ease? Well, that's what happened to Candy Matson, one of San Francisco's better-known private investigators. She found herself floating through the air all right, but not with the greatest of ease. As a matter of fact, it was one of the most hair-raising experiences this gal detective ever ran into. Well, why go on about it? Here she is to tell you about it, herself. Well, that's the way it started. Inspector Ray Mallard, an old friend of mine. And that's all I can call him, darn it, an old friend. Dropped by and insisted I meet one Gordon Ayers, an aviation insurance adjuster. Two things induced me to take the deal. Mallard's big spaniel-like eyes and the money angle. It was right after Christmas and I was a bit short. Mallard left, and I took the slip of paper with Ayer's phone number on it, cozied up with Alexander Graham Bell, and doodled with the dial. Good afternoon, Pacific Seaboard Fidelity. How do you do? Is there a Mr. Gordon Ayers there? Speaking. Inspector Mallard suggested I call you, Mr. Ayers. This is Candy Madsen. Ah, Miss Madsen. Uh, happy to know you. I imagine Mal will explain my dilemma. Not in detail, no. Well, the situation is quite complicated. I was wondering if we could meet and discuss it at length. Can we get together this afternoon? If you say so, yes. This is of utmost importance, Miss Matson. All right. 
You call it, Ayers. Splendid. I'm just leaving the office now. I have an appointment down the peninsula in an hour. Do you have a car? Yes, I do. Could you meet me at the San Mateo Airport, uh, Cranston Flying Service? That's okay. Uh, about an hour and a half? Hour and a half. Fine. Uh, goodbye, Miss Madsen. This I didn't like. Already I was money in the hole. San Mateo Airport, right on the water next to Bay Meadows, separated by the highway and a couple of salt marshes. Why should I have to meet the guy down there? Oh, me. Well, I drove down to the San Mateo Airport, found the Cranston Flying Service building, and got out of the car and waited. It was a nice afternoon, so I stood watching some of the planes take off and land. Uh, pardon me, you aren't by any chance... Uh, no, no, of course not. <laughs> no, I'm not by any chance. I'm Candy Matson. Are you Mr. Ayers? Oh, that's right. I didn't expect anyone quite so young. <laughs> well, did you want to talk, Mr. Ayers, or just stand there like a sea bass out of water? Oh, uh, pardon me. I expect talk, of course. Uh, by the way, have you ever flown? On commercial airlines, many times. Why? Would you like to take a little hop this afternoon? What's that got to do with why I'm here? Yeah, plenty. It'll give you a picture of what I'm up against. In what do we fly, and who's going to be our guardian angel? And we'll probably fly in that Cessna over there. Uh, and I shall do the piloting. Well, I don't know. Have you been flying long? <laughs> About 20 years. And I also flew for Uncle Sam in the late mess over Germany. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Now good. Let's get to the office. Mother told me there would be days like this. Candy, she used to say, never leave the house without your parachute. slipped through some prop wash and I displayed some silk that didn't belong to a parachute, then on to the building that housed the Cranston office. It was typical, a glass top counter with various trophies hung about the walls, old propellers, silver cups, pictures of airplanes and assorted certificates. Ayers plopped his wallet on the counter and the chap behind it proceeded to check him out. We went out into the field and climbed into the plane, then Ayers gunned the motor and we were taking off. This is all very cozy, Mr. Ayers, but what's the idea? Oh, there's a very definite reason for it, Miss Matson. Do you see that tower down there? Mm-hmm. No, no, that tower down there, toward Redwood City. Oh, yes, I, I see it. And that's where we're going. About a mile east of that, there's a private airport run by a man named Folger. We're going to simulate a landing in that field. I'm still not with it. I want you to notice all the physical qualities of that field as we come in for a landing. Notice the boundaries, the hazards and the amount of free space a plane has, especially a light plane. You make me feel like a later-day Nellie Bly. <laughs> okay, Mr. Ayers, let's go. I'll watch. Fascinated as I am by flying, I started looking around. The lower end of the bay on our left, the skyline on our right, and bustling peninsula directly beneath us. I was shocked out of my reverie when the plane turned on its side and we cut sharply to our right and out over the bay. I thought Ayers had lost control of the ship, but no, it was just a routine bank. Then another bank right, and we were nosing down toward airfield, down in front of us. Now, did I startle you? A little. I'm all right now that I know we're not playing tag with gravity. All right, I'm going to cut the throttle now and nose in for a fake landing. I'm glad you told me. I'll know how to behave. Keep your eyes open, Miss Matson. You see any high-tension lines around the airport? No. Any fences, highways, or other obstructions? Um, 
No. No, I don't. All right, now look. This is a normal landing. Uh-huh. If I were to set the plane down here, I'd be about a mile from the waterfront, and then if I taxied about the usual amount, I'd be up by those hangars. See any problem about that? None that I can see at the moment. Well, look carefully. See anything at all? Anything? Nope. If I didn't know better, I'd say we were in the Sahara. Okay. Good. All right, I'm going to give her the gun. Without the wheels touching the ground, we were climbing back into the sky and towards San Mateo Airport. In less than a minute, Ayers brought the plane in for a neat landing. We were over a very dry martini at a little spot next door. All right, we've played charades long enough, Mr. Ayers. Cut me in on the plot. It's merely this. The man who owns that airport, Folger, was out flying with his wife one afternoon. Brand new plane. They came in for a normal landing, just as we did. As far as I can make out, the plane nosed over and caught fire. He escaped. His wife didn't. As the adjuster on the case, I voted straight accident and asked my company to pay the claim. And they didn't like the idea? Nah, you know how insurance companies are, Miss Madsen. Naturally, they'd have to be suspicious, but in this case, their fears are groundless. Mm-hmm. And what about Folger? Where is he now? Still running the airport. Now, let's get down to cases, Mr. Ayers. Just why did I get the free plane ride this afternoon? Well, I've known your friend Mallard for some time. I wanted him to sign the affidavit saying the field is perfectly safe for normal flying. But he wouldn't do it. Naturally. Yeah, naturally, being with the San Francisco police. Then he suggested you. I have to have some licensed representative of the law's signature in order to clear my neck with my company. Today, you saw the field for yourself. Will you sign it? <laughs> Whoa there, boy. Hold on a minute. Feather your prop. You mean you won't sign it? I didn't say that, but I don't say anything until I read the fine print. Not even for my pal Mallard. I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. I'm going to leave now, after I have another olive and whatever comes with it, and I'm going home. I'll call you tomorrow afternoon, and then we uh, can... But, Miss Matson, uh, I mean, you have to... Don't start to argue, Mr. Ayers. After my second olive, I can get a bit stubborn. This got wilder by the moment. I was supposed to sign an affidavit clearing this joker on the basis of a 30-second buzz over a cow pasture? Oh, no. I wasn't going to get caught with my flaps down. Not for Mallard or anybody. I drove home to my penthouse on Telegraph Hill, dished up a warm tub, some warm soup, and some warm blankets, and then blacked out for the night. In the morning, I drove over the California street near Old St. Mary's. I wanted to see a good luck piece of mine, Rembrandt Watson. Rembrandt's a photographer, and tops in his profession, now that he's not supplying rent for all the bartenders on the Barbary Coast. Candy, my lily. Greetings. You know, if I was a G.I., I'd slug you for that. How are you, Rembrandt? Strictly très bon. That's French. <laughs> that's your opinion. And that's English. Oh, Dove. You look as well scrubbed as Mount Babel after a fall rain. Well, there's a romantic parallel. Well, what brings you out this lovely day? Well, this lovely day. How would you like to go for a little drive, Ducky? Oh, let's see. I'm, I'm supposed to have tea with Diogenes Murphy, the honest Irishman. Oh, but he'll understand. Yes, I'd love it. Where are we going, and why? San Mateo. And for why, I don't know. Ah, that's San Mateo for you. Anyone else going with us? Nope, just the two of us. Good. Then I shan't have to ride in the tunnel. Wait just a moment, Dove. I'll set up Henry me Great Dane with a brisket or two, and I'll be right with you. Rembrandt fed his monster, and we piled into the car and whisked off to San Mateo. On the way down, I tried to plot a course of action. 
It wasn't easy. As my friend Ayers had said, the airfield was free from flaws, and where do you go from there? I was soon to find out. This is our destination, Dove. That's right. Arid little spot, what? Yes. Reminds me of a recruiting poster I used to see for the Foreign Legion. Come on, Rembrandt, I want you to see something. What's that, Dove? The other side of this hangar over here. What's over there? The burnt fuselage of a plane. Candy girl, your sense of the macabre knows no bounds. Why, I can't help it, this is business. So, is, is that the one? Well, I should imagine so. Mm. Hmm, quite a mess, isn't it? What a horrible way to go. Look it over, Rembrandt, anything strike you as strange? Wait a moment, yes. Why are there tattered pieces of fabric on this side of the plane, and on the other, nothing but melted steel frame? Hmm, good point, laddie. And another thing, look inside the cabin there, the safety belt on the other side. Intact. So it is. And I should sign affidavits yet. Wait till I see that mallard. Uh, pardon me, was there something you wanted? Oh, uh, how do you do? I don't like his looks, Candy. Did you want a ride? Is that why you're here? We have Cubs, Cessnas, just about anything. Oh, no, nothing like that. <laughs> well, what is it? I have to own this airport, and I don't like people poking about. The owner. Then you must be Mr. Folger. I, yeah, that's right. Who are you? Santa Claus. A little late. Come on, Mr. Folger, let's go into your office. I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. Folger led the way, and we went into a little Quonset hut kind of building that served as the airport office. There were no trophies here. Nothing but bareness. On one side was a pot-bellied stove, and on the other, a mangy-looking parrot inside a cage. Folger motioned to us a couple of farmhouse chairs, and we sat down himself in that one that swiveled. Uh, now then, what's, uh, what's all this all about? Well, I'm Candy Matson. and this is my friend, Mr. Watson. I see. I'll be frank with you, Mr. Folger. I'm working with Mr. Gordon Ayers with the Pacific Seaboard Fidelity Company. What? That's right. And they're holding up payment of your claim until Ayers can get a signed affidavit verifying his judgment. Uh, what the? Uh, fidelity! Fidelity! Oh, pay no attention to him, Ms. Matson. That fool parrot picks up anything you say. Uh, uh, uh. I must admit, this is somewhat of a shock. I thought it would be. Is there anything you can do to help me? Pictures, diagrams, anything like that? Well, I've got a complete file. Including a newspaper photograph of the crash itself. Uh, may I see them? Newspaper! Newspaper! Quiet, you idiot! Uh, quiet, you idiot! Quiet, you idiot! Yeah, you can see them. I keep them in my apartment in the city. If you care to drop by this evening, I'll show them to you. Good. Suppose you give me a call when you get into town. Candy Matson, Yukon 28209. I'll write that down. Candy Matson, Candy Matson. <laughs> That's right, Polly. <laughs> NC 98012. I said quiet! One day I'll wring that blasted bird's neck. The only reason I keep her around is she belongs to my wife. Uh, I'll call you this evening, Miss Matson. We left the place, got back into the car, drove down the road, and ducked into a little clump of trees, well hidden. Rembrandt looked at me as if I was losing my mind, but in about ten minutes we heard the sound of a car coming from the airport. It roared past us, and at the wheel was Folger. That's all I wanted. I drove us back to the Quonset hut, fully expecting the place to be locked tighter than a drum, but it wasn't. The door was wide open. What's the idea, Candy? I'm not sure, Rembrandt. It's, it's just a hunch. Open that door, though. It means we're going to have to work fast. Work, work fast? At what? 
My telephone number is Yukon, not NC something or other. I have a sneaky idea that somewhere in the back of the recesses of that parrot's memory, I can get the key to this whole thing. Hello, Polly. Give me a pencil, Rembrandt. Pencil? Uh, yeah, here. Thanks. Pretty Polly. Candy Matson, Yukon 28209. Pretty Polly. Candy Matson, Yukon 28209. Pretty Candy Matson, Candy Matson. That's right. NC, NC. NC 98012, 98012. 98012, that's it. Thanks, Polly. Come on, Rembrandt. Let's get gone with the wind. I left Rembrandt off at Diogenes Murphy's place on Van Ness Avenue and drove downtown. Ran into a present-day miracle by finding a place to park. Then took the elevator up to the offices of Pacific Seaboard Fidelity Company. I spotted Ayer's office and walked in. Uh, well, Miss Matson, uh, uh, sit down, sit down. Uh, you're as good as you were. Thanks. Uh, got anything for me? I may have, but first I want to know if you have anything for me. A little piece of information you've been holding out from your own company, for instance? I, I don't quite understand you, Miss Matson. Well, I'll come to the point then. How in the name of Kitty Hawk could you possibly pay a claim on that wreck at Folgers Airport? The plane was obviously only burned on one side, the passengers, and also the passenger's safety belt was still intact, <laughs> tightly fastened. Well, uh, I, you're a suspicious little thing, aren't you? Well, just like the insurance company. Well, honestly, I made the same mistake myself. That fuselage you saw was a training plane. It cracked up on a routine flight. Uh, no one hurt. The plane in which Mrs. Folger was killed was sold for scrap a week after my formal investigation. Well, looks like I pulled the trigger on the wrong target. Well, that's all right. Uh, as, as I said, I made the same mistake myself. However, I don't think it was advisable to go down there without consulting me first. Oh? Uh, Folger called me on the phone right after you left. You've given him a fine case of the chitters. Look, Mr. Ayers, I operate in my own manner. If I saw reason to give Folger's cow pasture the once-over, that's as it should be. And if that isn't agreeable to you, you can get yourself another girl. Oh, now, uh, wait a moment. I'm sorry. Uh, you can continue doing as you are. Well, good. Naturally, you want to be thorough about this thing, and I can't blame you. Right. Uh, well, now then, what's next, Miss Madsen? Well, offhand, I really don't know. I'll call you first thing in the morning. Your first thing in the morning? Fine. I knew what the next step was, but I wasn't telling Ayers or anybody. This was more than just working for a commission. I felt I was onto something now, and I was going to follow through. I called a friend of mine at an aviation insurance brokerage and got enough night work to keep me going until next St. Swithin's Day. I took my material home and started in. It was a history of every fatal plane crash in the United States for the past ten years. About eleven, I fixed some coffee. About two, I started to nod and pinched my cheeks and snapped out of it. About four, I had some more coffee. At about seven, just as the sky dawned red streaks across the bay, I found what I wanted exactly what I wanted. I didn't tie it together yet, not all of it, but the knot was now begun. It only needed a little tightening. I stretched out on the couch, set the alarm for nine, and woke up right on schedule. Once again, I got Ayers on the phone. Pacific Seaboard Fidelity, Mr. Ayers speaking. Uh, good morning, Mr. Ayers. This is Candy Madsen. Uh, good morning, Miss Madsen. Uh, how do things look? Well, if you're referring to me, awful. I've been up all night. By the way, I wonder if we could make that flight again. Flight? Yes, over Folgers Airport. 
Only, this time I'd like to make an actual landing. Uh, why, sure, that can be arranged. And I want Folger to come with us. I want him to describe just what happened as we go along. Uh, well, uh, yes, uh, uh, this morning, okay? The sooner the better. I'll call him right now, have him get a plane ready. I'll meet you at noon. Now I had to work fast. I called Mallard, explained the situation, and agreed to get one of his radio technicians to come along with me. We drove back down the peninsula, and I left them both at Cranston's flying service, where they went to work. Then I continued on to Folger's airport. It was a little before noon, and Folger had the ship on the runway, warming it up. Hi there, Mr. Folger. Have you seen anything of Ayers? Yeah, he's in the office. He'll be right out. Come on, you can get in. Okay. Here comes Ayers now. Here, I'll help you get in. Okay, thank you. You can sit up front and I'll be back here. Uh, all right. I'm out of time, I see, Miss Madsen. Yes. Uh, got the plane all gassed up, Folger? Yeah, all set. Well, I guess we can take off. Here we go. And now then, uh, Miss Madsen, what's your plan? Just do what you did before. Circle out over the bay, then come in for a normal landing. Okay, I'll bank her here. Fine. Now, is there any way for Folger to take the wheel? Uh, I... I beg your pardon? I said, is there any way for Folger to take the wheel? Why, no, I don't think so. He's back there. That's because he can't fly. Isn't that right, Mr. Folger? Uh, what's she talking about, Ayers? I I don't know. She must be out of her head. I'm not taking any chances with her. I'm going to set the ship down right now. The way you set it down with Folger's wife in it? So she burned beyond recognition? Why, you... uh... I can get the whole story, Ayers. Look at Folger, white as a sheet. You ready to talk right now, aren't you, Folger? Yeah, I'll I'll talk. I'll tell everything. Including the story about the same kind of crash in Toledo, Ohio? All right, you two, don't move. I assure you this gun is very deadly. You, Folger, open the starboard door. Go on, open it. You don't know what you're doing. Ah, yes, I do. And neither one of you are going to live to tell about it. Go on, Folger, get up by the door. No, no, please, don't. You don't... What a fine rat you are, Ayers. You're next, Miss Matson. Just a little too smart for your own good, aren't you? Yeah, I should have known better than to use a dame as the fall guy. Go on, stand up by the cabin door. Sure, okay. I'll stand up by the cabin. Oh. Oh. Well, Candy Girl, let's see you get yourself out of this one. Oh, I hope Mallard's still listening on this mic. Mallard! Mallard, you big dumb cop, can you hear me? I can hear you, Candy. What's wrong? No, oh, I had to tap airs over the head. What do I do now? I don't know how to fly this thing. Wait, wait a minute. I'll, I'll put Cranston on. This is Cranston. Listen carefully. Take the wheel and hold it in the middle. Get your nose up a little. That's it. Well, how am I doing? Fine. Now look down at the horizontal bars at your feet. Press the left one ever so slightly and turn the wheel left at the same time. Like this? Keep your nose up. It's just above the horizon. That's it. Keep it there. Better. Now straighten both the bar and the wheel. Slowly. Slowly. Got it. Now you're headed towards San Mateo Airport. Now try to drift off to your right a little, using the opposite technique. Better? You're doing fine. Hang on, Candy. You're doing great. Now look for the protruding gadget on the right side of the dashboard marked throttle. 
Push it in about a third of the way. I'm falling! Mallard, I'm falling! No, you're not. Just do as I say. You're coming in for a landing. Now don't move the wheel or the bars until I tell you to. Oh, the ground's coming up awfully fast. You're coming in just right. Get ready. Pull back the wheel just a little. No, not too much. That's it. Okay, now. Ride it on in. Now kill the ignition. Kill it. Turn off the key. Candy, you made it. Candy. Candy. Come on, Cranston. Let's get out of that plane. Well, you all right, kid? Yeah. My knees feel like I did the Congra from here to L.A., but otherwise I'm all right. (laughs) The boys will take care of Ayers. Come on, let's go. we got a report to make. A report? Sure. I sticked you on this Ayers guy purposefully. What? Well, San Mateo didn't want to scare the guy off until they solved the case, so we cut you in on the deal without you knowing. Candy, you did it. We got a recording of the whole thing made over the plane's radio. Congratulations, you get a nice hunk of dough for this. Nice hunk of dough? Of all the dirty tricks. Mallard, I... You... Oh, what's the use? Can't ball you out now. I'm airsick. It was a very slick deal. Ayers was a top-notch insurance boy. About five years ago, he met up with Folger. This was in Toledo, Ohio. Folger was married to a very wealthy gal, but couldn't get his hands on any of the money. Ayers hit on a pretty nifty method of mayhem back there. He took out a plane license under Folger's name, fireproofed his half of the plane, and also the passenger's safety belt. Then one day, he came in for a landing, deliberately pancaked the ship, left the motor running, and let the crate burn, with Folger's wife in it. They collected plenty. In those days, they had the names of Smith and Jones or something like that. And Ayers was the insurance jester. They moved on to California, took the names of Ayers and Folger, and set about to do an encore on the same old act. Folger met another wealthy gal, married her, and set himself up in the airport business. Ayers got himself a job with a San Francisco insurance outfit, and voila, they were ready for another crack-up. My suspicions were first lit up when I saw Ayers' face. He had more scars and stitches than a well-seasoned hockey player. And that broken-up fuselage behind Folger's airport? That was another giveaway. It was a test model they'd used to make sure their planes were all set. But the real giveaway was the parrot. What a memory. NC-98012 was the license number of the plane that crashed in Toledo, killing Folger's first wife. The parrot was also her pet, and Folger had kept it for sentimental reasons. Should not have done it, though, because through the parrot I traced the whole thing. It was a nice one-time racket, but they should have quit before the police tripped him up. Oh yes, Ayers was convicted, and Pacific Seaboard Fidelity rewarded me quite handsomely. But that Mallard deliberately using me for bait? I got even with him, though. I made him take me deep-sea fishing about a week later, and oh, did he get sick seasick, and I just stood there and laughed and laughed. Listen again next week at the same time for excitement and adventure. Just dial... Candy Matson, Yukon 28209. This has been Candy Matson, The Insurance Crash, a recreation of a classic old-time radio script written by Monty Masters. 
Our program featured Caleb Silvers as Detective Mallard, Jeff Adams as Rembrandt, Jim Yunt as Gordon Ayers, Justin Kapla played Folger, Ian Hall was Cranston, and starring Ayla McIntosh as Candy Matson, Private Eye. How about a big hand for Airplane? She can do it all at the sound effects table, even Conat, ladies and gentlemen. Candy Matson, The Insurance Crash, was originally aired over the NBC network on January 2nd, 1950. Tonight's production was produced and directed by Jeffrey Adams for the Icebox Radio Theater, which is solely responsible for its content. Icebox Radio makes no claim of ownership for this play. This program from the Icebox Radio Theater is made possible in part by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.